The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. is going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 292 today's date is tuesday may 23rd 2023 5 23 we are live as always on youtube and we're also live now on twitter the uh cesspool that is twitter now that elon's got his uh claws in there we'll see how it goes i don't know uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge Twitter guy, but let's have some fun over there and see what happens. Uh, if you guys are uh, wanting to call or text into the show, yes, you can text into the show. I shouldn't say call anymore. It was uh, we'll text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates over at Aegis Gun Care. That number is five three zero three six four four six seven eight. Go check out AegisGunCare.com. If you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for the light, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I can be a pretty decent ear, maybe talk you through some things. Most importantly, I can be a good person to just listen. If you are looking for someone to get you some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any and every single way. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press that number one. We are spotlighting, as always, United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title, United States Marine, see the website, marines.com. And as always, we're proud members of the rapid fire radio network and the self-defense radio network go check out all your favorite pro gun pro two-way podcasts over at rapid fire radio and self-defense radio.net or self-defense radio.net i believe it is yeah uh, let's get this off of my ugly mug and bring in uh the crew for the night i'm not going to say a steam panel i'm just going to call it a crew um uh, before we get going, Chris, you've had quite a day, but it sounds like there might be some uh, late breaking news. <laughs> yeah, I just went over into my uh, studio app and I'm back on a warning. So, uh, boom, baby, boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. So, well, that's good stuff. Good stuff. You guys weren't, uh, if you weren't aware, Chris got, uh, Got put in YouTube jail for a little bit for what a video from like two years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Uh, Snob is listening while he's mowing. So um, okay, uh, I'll be listening to a, something a lot better than this uh, while I mow. But hey, I appreciate you. Uh, if you're out there in the live chat, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. And uh, if you're listening to this and replay. We're on podcast form. The conversation does not have to stop. Utilize that comment section below. 
Let us know your thoughts. Have any questions for any of us? Uh, we'll get those answered as quickly as possible. So we want to say hello to everybody out there. And obviously we want to thank our patrons and YouTube channel members for always keeping the lights on. We do appreciate you guys. And um, we, um, we got some cool stuff coming down the line. A lot of cool stuff coming down the line. Um, and, my patrons and channel members always get sneak peeks at stuff before they release publicly. So thanks to all those guys and gals uh, for doing that. Uh, let's say hi to our, our crew tonight from Anderson manufacturing, our diggity dog. What up, Kyle? Hey, Trey. Thanks for having me on again. Man. <laughs> always brother. Always everything good in Anderson world. Y'all are Beautiful a little bit. Day. <laughs> What's that? Said so y'all are a little bit busy this time this time of year right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's uh, a good still, thing. Yeah, still a beautiful day out here in Hebron, Kentucky. So there you go. It's always a good day when you wake up and the sun shine. Even the sun's not shining, it's still a beautiful day sometimes. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And from the weirdest state in the union, it only has four letters, but it takes two freakers to spell it out. From the, we're not going to call them Christmas seven four zero. We're going to call them Columbus. What's up, homie? <laughs> not much, man. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, and from Arizona, we've got the soulless ginger bastard himself. What's up? Uh, it's a hundred and eight today. It feels like hanging out in an easy bake oven. Uh, this is awful. Why did I move here? But it's all I have to say. Um, you chose that shit. And you've had opportunities to get away from the easy day cover. Just saying. Just saying. But rude. True, but rude. Too soon? Too soon? Okay. And as always, riding shotgun out there, the man, the myth, the uh, weirdo, uh, the only man that I feel comfortable around that I could tower over. Tower over, I say. I clear by a good inch. The tactical virus. I mean, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clove? Careful, man. That's not good for my rage. Careful, man. Uh, rage is always a good thing sometimes. I think it's always good if, if you keep that bottled up, you know. Uh, it's Only when it's against the machine, right? This is true. This is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, you got a shotgun on the week for us? I don't know. Have I ever mentioned the Ishapur 410 SMLE? The hell am I supposed to know that? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, I'm losing I, track I, here. I, I, I don't know. Let, let, if, let's assume you have it. Uh, converted uh, Mark One Number Three infields for basically mm-hmm. uh, India. Uh, you say fourteen? Yeah, converted to single shot fourteen, more for uh, like riot control and prison guard and that type thing. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um. Minotauri Carey says, wait, Clover Tech, how tall are you? He is four foot nine. Just under. He is he is considered a midget. Let's just with be honest. Plat- with platforms. I mean, come on. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, yeah. All right. You guys know that uh, every. Oh, hold on. X Adam one says, uh, just got back from the range. Had to shoot my new HK VP nine. Uh, I'm a little jealous, man. I love the VP9 model. Uh, that, the whole line is just fantastic. So, yeah, there you go. Every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, over on our YouTube community tab, we have the Ghost Tactical Polls, 
finally referred to as the pony polls, the pony polls. Let's go check out the questions. Our first one was put yesterday and it's got 1.5 thousand votes of these, of these, who is the best TV sidekick? Barney Rubble, Robin, the skipper from Gilligan's Island, or Tonto from the Lone Ranger? Kyle, of those, do you have a favorite sidekick? I'm going to have to go with the most iconic, which is Robin. Okay. Uh, hey, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, Christopher Columbus, you like, you like how I did that? <laughs> I, did that? <laughs> I had to go with Robin, too. Um I, I love watching that show. The, the original, even when I was a little kid. So yeah, I gotta go with the. I gotta go with Robin. How I, we, we talked about it before, but how iconic was the '67 Batmobile? Like that's probably the coolest car that anyone had ever seen on TV at the time, like ever. You know, cool, cool, cool. Uh, real quick before we move on, mandatory carry five dollars out there. It says keep fighting. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, you guys know that we don't ask, nor do we encourage super chats, but know that all super chats go to send care packages downrange to our guys and gals overseas. So thank you for that as well. Uh, Tiger Woods out there says Tonto. Um, yep. Uh, Bastard. Uh, I'm going to go with Barney Rubble because Barney Rubble seems to like push Fred into trouble. So it was always funny. He did. He did. He but, did. I mean, if, if I could go with one other Barney, Barney Fife would also be a great sidekick. Just, hey, he, he, he think he was, I, I guess he was Air, uh, Andy's, I guess he was Andy's sidekick. Sure. Uh, you could have gone with Kramer or even George. Either one would be considered Seinfeld sidekick, but I, I went with these uh, little older school ones, you know, little older school ones. Uh, Clover? Um, I go Tonto. Tonto was obviously the brains behind that operation. So. 100%. Yes, um, 100%. Um, I got a lot of hate in the comments um, saying that, Gilligan was the skipper's sidekick. Little secret, guys. I've never watched the first episode of Gilligan's Island. I have no idea. It's called Gilligan's Island, so I assume that he was like the main person, and maybe the skipper would be the sidekick. Gilligan could have been the sidekick for all I know. I have literally never seen one episode uh, of Gilligan's Island, so um, I don't know. Uh, 1.5 thousand votes. 44% say Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. 24% say Robin. 20% say Tonto. And 12% say The Skipper. So uh, Barney, obviously Barney and Robin were the ones. Um, and Tonto, uh, I I was a big Lone Ranger fan, I but I, I, I loved Westerns. My dad was a big Western fan, so I grew up watching a lot of wet, old Westerns with him. Uh, Tonto is always a great one. Um, really can't go wrong with any of them. Um, yeah, I saw that, by the way. That's funny. We're going to try to hook that up, Chris. Going to try to hook that up. All right. Our second poll uh, was sent out Thursday. 1.2 thousand votes. Uh, interesting comments in this one as well. What would you rather do? Spend one year in prison or live the rest of your life with your ex. 
Uh, let's start with Ginger. Uh, one year in prison. That is all. There you go. Uh, Kyle, one year in prison or spend the rest of your life with an ex? Yeah, don't drop the soap. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Uh, Clover? Uh, I'll go X. Okay. Uh, Columbus? No, nah, I'm going to prison. Going to prison. All yeah. right. All right. All right. Uh, best comment of the post? You go down here and find out who said it because it was it was epic to do for sure. Um, Alan Brown seven forty seven says either way, there's probably six that I'd prefer not to have. Thought that was pretty pretty classic, pretty classic. Uh, One point two thousand votes. Prison gets it with fifty six percent. Living the rest of your life with your ex gets it at 44%. So 56% would like to be somebody's bitch in prison. Just saying. Just saying. Um, here's the thing with me. Living with an ex wouldn't be that bad of a deal because I'd go find me a job that probably a long-haul trucker wouldn't be home for two or three weeks at a time. And when I am home for a couple of days, I'm going to go hang out with the boys. You can You can learn to avoid that. Uh, you can't avoid Bubba. Just saying. Bubba got friends. You might be able to avoid Bub Bubba, but Bubba got friends, and they'll get you eventually. So that's just me. That's just me. Um, and again, now mandatory carries. If you met my exes, you'd really understand. Well, here's the thing. I love you, bro. But anyone that's an ex of yours has problems because they they agreed to go out with you or marry you originally. So they they obviously have problems. Just saying. Um, all right. Uh, our last one. It's got 2.3 thousand votes. What's the best Vietnam era rifle? And we're talking U.S. rifles. So the AKs out and all that stuff. U.S. military Vietnam rifles. M1 carbine, the dissipator, the M16A1 or the M14. Now, I did. I want to say this out front. I did have a typo. The last one was supposed to say M14. I put that pinned in the comments, um, but I put M1 carbine twice on there. But if you look at the picture of the second one, it's obviously an M14. So um, anyways, uh, let's start with Chris on this one. Uh, of those four, do you have a favorite Vietnam era rifle? I went with uh, M16A1. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kyle? I'm a huge M1 fan, but I'm going to have to go with the Dissipator. I just, uh, wonder why. Is, is it probably because you guys had one at range day for NRA and was the most shot rifle at range day? Could yes. that possibly be the reason? Yeah, and I've been shooting it a lot here lately, so it, it's pretty fun. No, were you able to? Uh, are you able to? Were you able to? I know you said at one point you were going to have to go back to the shop and make sure it was all good to go after five or six thousand rounds, still running good. Oh yeah, she's a beast. That's the one. I, that's the one I was just shooting. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, Clove. Uh-huh. Uh, M fourteen. Fourteen. All right, Ginger. Uh, M sixteen A one. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, 
it's 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 weird. Um, the M14. I think if you ask one of the any of the guys that were in Vietnam, they'd probably tell you the M14 for one reason only is the M16. That was the you know version one, and it was a jamomatic, especially in the conditions in Vietnam. But that said, it was what got us a step closer to the Russian-made AKs that we were fighting. Um, and then, obviously, the M16A1 has now created this whole, not only military, but in the civilian world, this whole design that people love, um, whether or not uh, people all have them. But I think everyone will admit that the M16 slash AR design is iconic at this point, right? It's iconic at this point. So oh, yeah. it's interesting. Go ahead, Clove. No, it's just, oh, yeah. I'm just agreeing. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the best one was. I, 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 like I said, if you if you talk to the Vietnam guys, they probably tell you that their favorite was the M14. I think it was a lot, just a lot more, probably a lot more uh, dependable. Um, but I think that they, the idea of the M16A1 happening changed the u.s military as far as what we were using and all that so uh as far as that 2.3 thousand votes 68 percent say the m16a1 14 percent say the m1 carbine 10 percent say the dissipator and eight percent say uh, the second M1 carbine or the m14 but i'm going to say it's probably a little bit more than that um because until I caught the mist, the, the, the mist type, um, people might not have known that that was an M14. So we'll take it their way. Um, I will say this. The dissipator is probably something that a lot of people may have not been familiar with also. Um, and I know, oh. Kyle, um, with the DISI that you guys had at NRA, did people know what it was or did you kind of have to explain to a lot of people like, Hey, what is this? Like, do they have, to, did they know what it was? Oh, a lot of people there were familiar, but I think it was that crowd. Um, if you're coming yeah. to a, a primary arms range day, you're probably pretty well versed in the firearms industry. Now, what about at the booth during NRAM, uh, when people were just kind of the public was just kind of walking around did they, did a lot of them know what it was. That was a mixed batch. Uh, a yeah. lot of the guys, a lot of the vets knew exactly what it was and stuff, but uh, you, you do run into people who have no idea what's so special about this, what makes it different. Because, I mean, looking at it, it's, you know, it's an M16. It's an M16 with a chopped barrel, basically. And, yeah. and that's what people say. Um, they may not know what it was used for and why it was so important. I mean, you guys, since you guys had one at, at NRAM and uh, are playing around with one. Do you want to kind of educate a little bit about what was the difference and why was why it was an important we, uh, rifle or weapon? Yeah, I mean, so so your iconic M16 is a 20 inch barrel, um, and as you and I know, Ghost and any Marine out there, um, Way City, Vietnam is where door to door combat started going down. Um, so they needed more maneuverability going in and out of houses, you know, wherever they're going. Um, so they basically going through the doorway is not the greatest thing in the world to have for sure. No, never, never. So, um, they took the barrels they had and just chopped four inches off right there, left it rifle length gas system. Um, 
And actually, when they were first fielded, they were very unreliable. Like you said, um, just because that rifle length gas system and kind of the climate that they're in. Mm-hmm. And and they they neglected to open up that gas hole a little bit more um, because you have less dwell time at the end of that barrel. So yeah. um, obviously we've done those updates. But, yeah, that that's what makes the, the, the dissipator so iconic is it really was kind of like an exp- a military experiment. Yep. Well, it was the, um, <laughs> for lack of a better term, it was the first idea that they had. They've no, like you said, they've never had the the reason for CQB. First of all, there was probably back in Vietnam, there probably were no CQB tactics that we all have been taught now. Uh, there weren't there weren't firearms dedicated for CQB. You know all these things, and they said, well, what do we have? that we could work with this. We can just chop the barrel off of this and there you have it. So that's what I'm saying. The dissipator created a lot of things um, and all of that, that um, people may not even understand why it's an important weapon system. So uh, really awesome. Oh, it's, it is iconic. And, and I think people that do know it, you know, um, when they see it, they know exactly what, like, Oh my God, like, that's awesome. Um, It just kind of sits at the precipice right there, too, before the M4A1 came along. Yeah. So. Um, there you go. All right. Well, guys, those are the pony polls for this week. Go check out manuf- uh, AndersonManufacturing.com. Uh, they've got a lot of cool stuff. And uh, the next uh, little bit, there'll be some even more cooler stuff coming down the line. Um, so be on the lookout. Y'all are doing some awesome, awesome things. Um, real quick before we get going here, um, there's a, something that I saw now, Marcus says that funny thing is, is more M one carbines were carried by the enemy. Uh, do you know why? Because they picked them up off the ground. That's also how we got some AKs is we picked those off the ground a little bit. But, yeah, a lot of the M1s were picked up off the ground. And um, I'm glad that they, they went and used the M1 instead of getting an M14. The M14 was probably our best rifle in those days. Uh, may not have been the greatest thing out there, but it was probably the most reliable for that environment uh, that the U.S. had. So. Um, best rifle was the AKM. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Vic says my AR has a 10 inch barrel. So I guess I have a dissipator. No, no, you have a, uh, uh, an SBR or pistol, whatever you want to configure it as. Um, it's specifically a 16 inch AR with a rifle length handguard and gas system. It's specifically that's the, the that's what it is. It can't be deviated from those specs. That is what the Dissy is. So uh, the original Dissy, you know. Uh go ahead, Clove. I saw your uh thing come up. Uh, was, uh, yeah, I did one of those quite some time ago. I took a um I mean it's a foe. It is a carbine yeah. uh length barrel. But then I used the triangle hand guards and drilled and tapped some set screws into a gas block in order to be able to go over a low profile for the carbine. Sure. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Go in front of it to be able to lock the hand guards into place and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but it's in six eight SPC. So uh, yeah, Dissy inspired, we'll say, build. Absolutely. And, and I think because there hasn't really been any Dissy's out in forever, um, I think there's a lot of people that like that that design uh, and all of that that have, like you said, have kind of created their own. Yeah. Um, and what's you know, cool is it, it does make it look like an SBR. I mean, at, at glance, yeah, because, it does. Of, sure. you know, it doesn't have much barrel sticking out the end. Now, I do love the idea of having the old A1 triangular handguard. Those things are ugly as hell, uh, but they're cool. They're pretty yeah. cool. I've got that. It has a um, um, an a, a legit A1 upper teardrop forward exist. Yeah. And, uh, does it have a carry handle? It does have uh, – yeah, a carry handle is – it's an A1 upper. So it's, it's, A1, A1. It's, a, it's a complete – it's a legit A1 in. That you okay. have to adjust. That you have to adjust with an FMJ, right? Like, I don't know if you had to do a detachable or not. So it, it, it's it's, it's, in it's the made upper. on. Yeah, and no. then I got a I got a four power, you know, early '80s or so four power optic uh, carry handle mount optic. So let me let me ask you this: um, if if you had a dissipator today, what kind of optic to kind of obviously to make it? Maybe how do you put this? I don't know that I would. Era era relevant? Would you would you put anything on there? Or would you just go with the the front side? The, well, the that'll iron? come off. You know what I mean? I've still got <laughs> you know it's still got the front and rear sides. So I mean that is really quickly can be taken off. You, if you, want. you put an optic on there? I did, but you you can't. Would I? Yeah. Would I do it, it again? It, yeah. I probably wouldn't do it again. No, yeah. probably not. But I mean, I had, I think I had that laying around at the time and that was part of my thought. I'm going to go with as many old school components as I can. And so I was able to acquire an a, original a one upper and mm-hmm. stripped upper, obviously. And, um, you know, just to pick some other stuff up, picks up some, you know, some of the triangle hand guards, that era furniture, uh, a one stock, not an a two, but an a one yep. stock. Yep. Uh, yeah. I go A1. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is um, a lot of people call it the A2 front post, but the A1 uh, had had a, uh, it's it's basically the same kind of a the triangle. Front yeah. Front post. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't realize though on the, on the A1s, they don't realize the rear side is like yeah. totally, totally different. The A2 rear yeah. side is much easier to adjust than the, well, that uh, was one, A1. that was one of the, um, uh, improvements, if you will, that between the A1 and the A2, uh, bearded guy out there says, I'll, I'll bring everybody on the panel on this. Go ahead and answer. How would the M14, uh, compared to the AK? So understand what the M4, the M14 was, 308 or 762 by 51. Uh, so you're talking, you know, comparable, comparable calibers with the, the M14 being a little bit more powerful, obviously, than the AK, but you're also talking about the AK having a, a firing rate that was superior. You obviously had capacity rate that was superior to the 14. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't know how to answer that. I would say that there's a reason, no offense to the M14, there is a reason that Stoger and, and the um, U.S. government decided to go up and find something to compete with the Klitschnikov AK. If there was no problem with the M14 comparing to the AK, 
the M16 wouldn't have happened at least that quickly. Um, so you can take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying that it's a, and it's an inferior firearm at all, but there's a reason why the M16 was created. So well, the, the M14, I mean, over the AK and we're talking about, we're talking about, let's talk about in a military setting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, AKs were cranked out. Oh, um, yeah. They were loose tolerances. They would run. But gonna how, run in how, any situation. But how accurate were they, right? And that's, that's the whole thing with the AK. And then it's not quite the cartridge a three oh eight is. So then you take that M fourteen, a lot more care was taken into the ability for accuracy and range when it comes to that M fourteen. So given the right situation, and I I'm you know, I don't even pretend to be ex military, but given the right situation, the M14 could take out a bunch of folks with AKs before they even got close enough to be a big problem. When I went to Ford weapons training, um, before you we went on my, on my first, um, exercise, if you will. Um, I remember Sergeant at arms. I think he was a gunny. I've been a master sergeant who was running the class, and he said the safest place to be when being shot at by an AK is right in front of them. Um, they weren't the most accurate, and most of the time, most of the people that were shooting AKs in the world um, really did not have any formal training. It was well, picked them up, pull a trigger. But, so but the safest talk- place to be was right in front of the muzzle because they probably weren't going to hit so- you. So we had a conversation on the phone not too long ago, and I was telling you about stories my grandfather was telling me from Korea and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And when and when they run a barrage of human bodies at you, whole all holding AKs, like <laughs> at that point it doesn't matter. Like you matter. know what I mean? When they got a human flood coming at you with AKs, like AKs if are gonna win. Bro. One, you might win that if you've you got better have, one, you better have Yeah, you better have air support. And artillery is, you know, yeah. that's like the only way you're going to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone knows I, I love the AK. I, I love shooting AKs. One of my favorite things in the world is a true, true full auto AK. Um, unbelievable. M14, I, I, I've, I've never shot an M14. Uh, I've held them before, done a lot of stuff with them, but I've never shot one before. Um, they're pretty amazing. The right one, the match yeah. ones especially, are I mean, they're yeah. thousand yard rifles all day, every day. Yeah, I've no, I've never heard a bad thing about the M14, but I like I go back into it and I say there would not have been a reason to create the M16 if the M14 could directly compare to the AK47. I mean, that's the heavier firearm. Heavier ammunition, right? I mean, yep. had to scale all that down. Needed that intermediate cartridge. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we had never had an intermediate cartridge. Well, said, well, I mean, if you maybe if you count the M1 carbine, but that's what started the whole story of my grandfather yeah. in Korea to start with. Is that yeah. turd? Uh, you know, the interesting thing is. Well, apparently we're not going to uh, hear what it is. Can you hear me? There you go. You froze it. You said the interesting thing is, and you froze perfectly. It was awesome. Oh, dude, I really like it. It was like you were pondering what you were going to say. It was beautiful. I can hear you guys. I don't know. That was really weird. Um, StreamYard, you got to love it. Uh, The interesting thing about the M14 is, once again, we talk about being a 308. Now, 
why is that not necessarily the the optimal firearm for Vietnam? Understand that this is the first war we'd ever fought truly in jungles. Um, so you're talking about that intermediate cartridge, a 308 in a jungle warfare setting doesn't give you any advantage at all, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about that. The 308. Well, it might help a little bit. It might help a little bit, but as far as having that intermediate cartridge that might be lighter, uh, moving faster and all of that, a 308, when you're talking about at your most, probably a hundred yard shot. No, right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there was a need for that intermediate cartridge. So, um, yeah, that's a good point you brought up. Uh, I, I'm bringing that up. Uh, this is a, a completely off the topic. Uh, I, I did get a comment on one of my videos, one of my AR videos. I can't remember what it was. It was last week, and I forgot to bring it up last week, but I want to bring it up this week and answer it. I, I typed it in there, but this might be something that is out there from a lot of people that might have. It might be new. We're talking ARs a little bit. Um, so I got a question on one of my, it says, what exactly is 223 Wild? Uh, is it a cartridge? I mean, is it a caliber? You know, all this, that, there. And I said, look, basically the 223 Wild is a barrel that can run 5.56 five, and 223 Remington together. Now, these days, most companies that produce AR barrels are going to produce rifles that, that do take 5.56 as well as 223. Uh, but when I think it was Bill, that was the first name, Bill Wild, if I remember correctly, I might be wrong about that. But I think it was Bill Wild that created the 223 Wild barrels. I said, no, it's not, a, it's not a caliber, it's not an ammo, it, it's just a barrel and it's able to take it. So if you're out there and you start seeing uh, rifles out there that says 223 Wild, that is not a Wildcat kind of a cartridge or, or caliber. That is not something. It just means that it can take 5.56 five, and 2.23. And basically, it was one of the first ones that took. You could take the extra pressure of the 5.56. Five, so if you see 2.23 Wild, don't be scared away from buying that rifle if it's the right price and the right product that you're looking for, just because you've never heard of 2.23 Wild. So I do want to bring that up because I, I, I don't know. There might be people out there that were just like this guy that asked a question. I think that was a very valid question oh. for people that may not know. You know, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So if you want to, I mean, if you want to get technical for those out there that like that, um, the two two three wild is more free bore. Yeah. Is the is the difference when you're talking about it's a hybrid chamber and and the difference is yeah yeah over five five six is there's more free bore so. Yeah, that lends itself. That's the idea from Bill Wild, whatever is it lends itself to more. I think it's I'm not that. saying I'm not saying it does or it doesn't. I'm just saying that's what. No, no, no. That was that was what it was designed for. That's what yeah. the creation yeah. was for. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot Obviously. of people saying, oh, I've never heard of two, two, three wild is. It's not a cal. It's not. It's not a caliber, guys. There's no such thing as a two, three wild caliber. To my knowledge, I've never heard of a caliber uh, a, a cartridge. Two, you know, two, three wild. I've shot. Um, I've shot five, five, six in, uh, I mean, two, two, threes and five, five, six, many, many, many two, two, threes in a five, five, six chamber in a barrel. And, yeah. you know, whether that's hunting or ringing steel or like, it's like, that's good enough. You know what I mean? Like it really is. Um, and there was another point I was going to make on that too. Um, oh, and, and a lot of people don't realize this. Um, and you do if you reload. You know what I'm talking about. 
a lot of five fives of a uh, uh, yeah five five six by forty five that's out there. Yeah, is actually trimmed and all and sized and loaded two two three. Yeah, I think think that it's trimmed, but we're talking pressure probably. Um, That's what I'm saying. It's loaded to 223. It's trimmed and everything. Like, it's not actually 556 by 45. Yeah. Um, Interesting question. Chicago Mike the Shooters is if you want to hit someone further than 1,000 yards, 223556 is way to. It's the way to go, right? Negative Ghost Rider. Absolutely. Um, now, Kyle, you can. My numbers have, have, have failed me in my old ass age, and you're much younger than I am. M16A2. I don't, I don't know. You might have been the M4. You might not even ever had the M16A2. Uh, max effective range was just under 900 yards, correct? It was like 800 and something. Um, I personally say I wouldn't go much above 600 with it. Um, for me, that the AR is that is that 500 and, and that that you know. 100 to or 200 to 500 like zero to 500 i I, that's for me uh anything over 500 i start talking maybe a little bit higher like a 308 or 65 creed or whatever uh anything that's a more longer range caliber uh now that said will a 223 or 556 be able to reach out and touch someone at a thousand yards absolutely yeah i'm not standing out there uh is it i'm not sending it um is it going to be the most stable projectile at a thousand yards? No. Um, yeah. Is it not going to be accurate? It, it's it's there's going to be a lot of issues. Yeah, You're pushing it at a thousand yards. Hence why the two two four Valkyrie was kind of created. Um, but uh, yes, buck in the wind, you know, at that it, absolutely it, at any but kind of a longer distance, even five hundred yards. I would say anything over five hundred yards. Um, honestly. Um, over 500 yards, I would even say probably over 400 is when I start going to three or whatever, whatever. Kyle, what would say you are in Chris, Ginger, whoever, but I'm going to let Kyle come in here first. All right. I've got it. Um, so I got the M16 a two point target is 550 meters. Yep. yep. A- area target 800 and maximum range 35, 34. Maximum range is 35, 34. Yes, sir. Holy snap. Effective the, or max range? Max range, not effective. Do effective. Do they have an effective? You said was what was it for an area target? 800. So it'd be there 800. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of, uh, I, that's kind of what I would go with is if you talk of max effective range, okay, uh, is 800, but that's max. Now, can it be pushed out to a thousand? Yeah, you can hit. You'll be able to hit something at a thousand. Not saying you can't. I wouldn't trust it in that situation. And that's an area target, so that's like a vehicle or a group of people. Yeah, we're not talking a silhouette. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, three oh eight, Clover, Chris, Ginger, um, or I'm not saying three oh, but a, a longer range, a, a heavier uh, caliber, longer range caliber. I would say probably 400 yards and above is where I would say I feel comfortable going with a longer range. Where are you guys at with where would you take the two, two, three and say, this is as far as I'm going to shoot it. Well, I must. Oh, go ahead, Chris. 
I was just going to say, I mean, I just got back from dead zero there, what, six, seven weeks ago, I guess it is now. But even with my Valkyrie, after 800 yards, I was going subsonic. So I wasn't getting any readback. Now, I was using reloads. I was using an 80.5 grain bullet. But Mm -hmm. I probably, I mean, I did not have the have them maxed out as far as charge weight went, but they sure. were, they were hot. So I wasn't having any problem hitting a target at 800 yards. But once I got past that, I wasn't getting any feedback on the targeting system because after mm. 800 yards, I was going subsonic even with a Valkyrie. So for me, especially and, after shooting the six, you probably weren't shooting, um, you know, factory ammo either. You were probably shooting some hot ammo, right? And after using the six five to get out to a thousand, I mean, I, I'm definitely going with a heavier bullet and a, mm-hmm. and a bigger caliber for that, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, go ahead, Ginger. I mean, personally, I'd say three hundred to four hundred with the five five six two two three, and after that, you know, something bigger like six five three more. Or a three oh eight, you know. Yeah. Once once you get that, especially the Creedmoor, just shoots so flat at those longer distances. Yeah. I feel like it's superior over the three oh eight. That's that's so. the thing we're talking about is, is if we're talking two two three five five six at a thousand yards. Uh, what's up, Yehuda? Pew pew Jew, go check him out. Really great great friend um, and um, really talented individual. Go check out. The pew pew Jew. Uh, yeah, you can, like I said, you can hit a two, two, three, five, five, six at a thousand yards, but you better hit the top of the head because that's really where it's going to be coming down. Uh, 308s are much better. 6.5 Creed. The reason why 6.5 has gotten so popular, uh, for long range, especially in competition, is kind of John mentioned it. The 6.5 Creed is such a flat shooting projectile that it can reach out at a thousand yards easily. Without having to have, you know, a whole lot of, of, you know, not the taco or anything to get it up way up in the air to have it land. Once again, two, two, three, five, five, six, probably going to be landing on someone's head because it's coming down at a steep angle. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not shaming anyone saying you can't. I'm just saying, um, you're going to be an incredibly good shot and incredibly lucky to consistently hit. Anything at a thousand yards with a two two three, even a five five six being a little bit more powerful. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Um, well, you're talking about the M14. The M14 was considered a sniper rifle. Just, I mean, for a, to a certain extent. But we we're talking about earlier is is the problem with the M14 in Vietnam. We'll go back to this a little bit. Is jungle warfare. If you ever try to go hunting in the deep woods of East Texas, the longest shot you're going to have is 50 to 100 yards maximum in the, before hitting trees. That was why the M14 was damn near obsolete in, in Vietnam. Is it? Well, I wouldn't say obsolete, but it wasn't as as used as as it should be because it was a jungle warfare and it wasn't in its prime environment, if you will. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a great question. Great question. Um, Mike Sigler, what do y'all think about the new 277 Fury? Uh, I don't have any experience with it, so I, I'm not going to speak out of my ass. Anybody here have any experience with the 277 Fury? Guess not. Nope. 
Ginger? No experience with it yet. I've got a yeah. uh, local writer who has invited me out to go try it, but nothing yet. Yeah. There's been a lot of attempts over the years, and there's definitely some wildcats and some other things out there. There's been some, a lot of attempts over the years to um, play around with a 6.8, right? When that's what a 277 is, it's a 6.8. Um, and the only one that's really had any staying power is do what now? So the six eight is incredibly popular, especially in long range competition. Yeah, the um, the six eight SPC, SPC. Um, has stuck around, but a lot of people don't know this. Um, the six point eight SPC actually went through a redesign. Pretty much everything that you see now, Mark six point eight SPC, is actually six point eight SPC two. Um, and I know this because I built a six eight. As a matter of fact, the rifle we were just talking about earlier is is six eight spc and i literally had to order chamber reamers for that oh yeah the, when the six eight sp uh, c2s came out so i could run the heavier projectiles of the mm. 6.8 spc2 so right on. um but yeah i remember the the 277 was a 277 wolverine and there was like a 277 shadow and there's been a lot of different 277s come out and like none of them have stuck yet yet yeah We'll see. We'll see. Um, video we dropped over the weekend. We're talking 308 earlier. Uh, got my first 308. Um, an Anderson AM10, the Ranger. Uh, awesome rifle. I've, I've, I've shot a shit ton of them, obviously, but I've never owned an AR10. And, um, loving it, loving it, loving it. Had a little fun with it. Went out to the range, decided, you know, it came out of the box with no sights, no optics, no nothing. And I said, let's, I've got a piece of eight, I think it's 18 by 24. It's like, a, you know, the, the, the rectangle steel, the little head on top, um, at a hundred yards of the range. And I was like, I wonder if I could hit this thing at a hundred yards with no optics, no sights. Um, I really wish I should. I wish I could have used tracers. We don't allow tracers on our range. It would have been awesome to see tracers with that because I had the first few like shots. I had no, no idea where that round was going. It was probably up on the mountainside. I heard trees hitting, getting hit every now and then. I'm like, well, you know, um, so uh, go check out that one to find out if I actually did hit at 100 yards with the Anderson AM-10 with no optics and no sights. Uh, go check that out. Uh, pretty cool. I had, I had a lot of fun with it, a lot of fun with it. Uh, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was number six on the all-time assist leaders there, Clover. Is that right? Mark Jackson was six right ahead of Magic. Right ahead of Magic. Right ahead of Magic. right ahead of Magic, yeah. And Magic was seven. So, Mark Jackson, you're number six in the all-time NBA assist leaders. That's pretty awesome. We have uh, Mark Jackson on, on, on the show. Uh, probably not the same. Probably not the same one. But uh, I'm I'm taking a wild guess. It's not the same Mark Jackson. Well, if it uh, is, I got an awesome card. I would love to have autographed. Yeah, right, right. Um, now we're gonna start talking PCCs. Uh, this is a, a discussion we were gonna have a couple oh, yeah. weeks ago, and uh, it just we we got into uh, some awesome conversation. Uh, then we start talking about uh, being scope snobs and all of that. So we're gonna talk PCCs before we do. Marcus asks, it's it's PCC related, says, can we please ask Kyle 
If Anderson would make a PCC and 45 ACP or 10 millimeter, or at least they stripped lower. Um, I'm going to let you have the floor for a few minutes with Marcus. All right. Um, I would definitely never rule that out. Um, but no, we don't have any anything in the pipeline quite yet as far as 10 mil or 45 goes. Right now, it's sticking with the 9 mil. Um, we've kind of got our attention in the bolt action right now and getting that thing to market. And, um, you know, yeah. that potentially could be what's next, though. Oh. So. Um, now, Christian has the PCC X-Tar. Uh, I love the X-Tar EP9. Uh, I shot that a ton. Uh, always have really enjoyed that design. Um, now, speaking of 45 and the next tar, uh, <laughs> right. I believe there was a video that dropped, oh, two hours ago. Maybe two uh, hours ago. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about the X-Tar uh, EP? Is it called the EP45? Is that what it's EP45, called? EP45, yeah. yeah. Considering yeah. I just dropped the video, no, I don't want to talk about it too much. I really don't. Go watch go the watch freaking video. But you're going to have to go watch it after we get off. Not now. Not yeah, now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Just put it in the queue. Um yeah, uh, it's it's fun. I'll say that. Uh, I'll give that much. It's it's fun. It's it's fun and it's capable. I'll say those. Yeah. Uh, mandatory carry sub two thousand. I've said this a lot. People will crap on Kiltech, and I'm not saying that it's not justified a lot of the time, but I will say that Kiltech, at least in the last twenty twenty five years. Um, has been incredibly important to the firearm industry if for no other reason their designs. They're willing and able to push lines and boundaries that um, people were maybe afraid or didn't want to cross. And obviously maybe the Keltex venture and, and attempt was not met well and, and wasn't maybe a great thing, but it, it forced the it forced the industry to look at things a little bit differently. Caltech has been very instrumental um, in pushing boundaries and and pushing the industry to try different things and take an old Caltech design, make it better, and now it's you know what it is, what it is. The Caltech Sub Two Thousand. Say what you will about Caltech, and there's a lot to be said about Caltech. Let's I'm not I'm not defending Caltech. Um, Sub Two Thousand. It's a pretty important firearm, and for the most part, it's a very, uh, very good firearm. Uh, Clover, I know that you've got some experience with it. Oh, I'll crap on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I have a first gen, like when they first came yeah. out. Sure. Um, so the newer ones, you know, I've shot them. You can actually put an optic on them. Yeah. yeah. A lot of different things, right? Um, and I probably could too if I got some aftermarket stuff and changed the hand guards over and all of that. Um, well, this aftermarket stuff out there for sure. So here's what I will say about at least the Gen ones, and I can't, I haven't spent any time, long enough time with a the the newer models, right, to know. But the sights suck on mine, man. They're so horrible. They're terrible. Yeah. I mean, they're like airsoft quality at best. I mean, they're just they're yeah. god awful. Well, that's the problem with Celtic, and I think that's where they deserve a lot of the criticism they get. Is is not the, in the design; it's just 
the materials that are used and all yeah. of that. The designs that Keltec has come out with are, are, like I said, they're extremely innovative. And a lot of your favorite firearms that you're, you know, a lot of people have out there these days were, were designed or built off of Keltec designs. You may not understand that. Um, not saying that Keltec's great. I'm just saying that as far as the, the innovation and design work, Keltec is and has been a pretty, a pretty important part of our industry because they have pushed some boundaries and lines that, you know, it's always tough to be the first one through the door. You know, being the point man is the hardest point in a fire team. Being that point guy, you're going to take all the brunt. Um, and Kiltech has worn that badge with pride. Uh, so as much as I'll crap on them saying their stuff is not the greatest stuff made, I will always defend Kiltech. I'm not a Kiltech guy. I don't own a Kiltech. I've shot a lot of the sub 2000s and other things, but I'll always defend Kiltech because they were, they are still willing to be the first one through the door a lot of times. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it always has to start somewhere and a lot of people That's- lose sight of that. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, that sucks. Well then don't buy the very first original model or whatever. Right. Like there's a certain amount of people that are gonna, that are, they're into that, right? They, they want to get the newest thing, even though they may not like it and they'll flip it later or whatever. There's going to be a certain amount of people that do that. Um, but you know, give things time. I mean, it, you yeah. know, when something new, interesting comes out, give it a little bit of time. Don't crap on it, you know, like right away or anything. Um, yeah. cause it's got to start somewhere. It's got two things. One, I think we're witnessing history. Mandatory carry says Clover's right. Those sites do suck. Dude, well, he agreed with me about uh, Clover have agreed on something, which is well, twice, twice that I know of already because he agreed with me on Tonto earlier. So this is true. This I don't know true. what's going on here. It's we're, we're about to break the matrix or something. Yeah, the internet's getting ready to get broken. Um, I will say this: Graybeard, Graybeard is still bringing up the M14 and being a sniper, homie. You might not be live. You might be about 20, 30 minutes behind. Hit, make sure that that button that says live at the bottom of your screen has a red dot. Was that um, him on our, again, on our He's going to hear this for another 30 minutes. He's not going to hear us for another 30 minutes to say that. So right. uh, somebody out there tell Graybeard to please push the live button. Yeah. Um, it is Wasn't what it is. He, was he the one that was behind was. on our podcast? Sunday. I think he was. I, I think, think so. Was. So uh, he must have slow internet. That may be what it is. Could be. Could be. Gotta get those hamsters running, man. Right. Get can shot. I can I break in with some breaking news? No. Uh, pistol, no. Br- pistol brace has been held up by the Fifth Circuit. It's been turned down. Uh, basically, it's on hold for time being. So completely, or just by those who filed the suit? I have. I, I have it earlier. Is this, watched is this the, video. the case, or is this the uh, which case was this? Uh, I don't know. All I know is that Fifth Circuit has held it. Um, you talking about? Hold. You're saying you're not saying that it's held. It's saying it's 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 okay. You're saying it's they put a stay on like they it, put a stay on it. Um, okay, okay, okay. I haven't watched the video, but I. I just you said you can you can you can understand that is is they said that it's legal by saying they held up the 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 Chris ATF. Go, Chris. Yeah. I've been I've been following this all day. So now, unless it's changed in the last couple hours, this is only for certain people. So this is for the firearms. That's what I heard. Coalition and like two the others. applicants. The yeah. applicants. Yes, correct. Yeah. So now, now they did say that there was going to be more coming down the pike today. So John could be right. 
But if right. it's what happened this morning, we're Accor- according to Arm Scholar, he just posted a video breaking uh, ATF uh, pistol brace rule immediately blocked and halted by Fifth Circuit. Okay. So That's- if it's Arm Scholar, then no offense, but it's it's clickbait. It's clickbait. Is it clickbait? I haven't clicked it yet, but That's the title. Don't do not go by the hand line. They're going to put that as the title so that everybody freaks and whatever and watches it. But the stuff that I will echo what Chris said, everything I've heard today, it yeah. only applies to the people named in the lawsuit right now. That's I asked if it was the frack lawsuit because the frack's got 26, 27 uh, states involved Arkansas being one of them that have sued the ATF. And, and so I was, that's what I was wanting to know. Is this the frack lawsuit? Because if it is, that's going to hold more weight because there's 27 states involved with that one. Um, I think it's 27, maybe 26, but, uh, but no, uh, there, there's, like, like Clover said, there's going to be, and everyone said, there's going to be a lot more. I mean, we're talking, we've got a week left, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So there's going to be a lot happening. Yeah, just dive, for everybody out there, dive beyond the title and the headline, please, and read yes. and listen because don't yeah. don't get caught up in somebody trying to clickbait because it's not good. Two things. Remember, this is a process. No, 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 no. You're good, you're John. Fine, John. You may be right, John. You may be, be right. right. Yeah. Um, but that's a great segue into – don't trust YouTubers. We're all just trying to get your views. We don't care about it. That's no, okay. Um, they, um, they did say today that some truth to that. They did is. say today though that this opened a door. Yeah, that we were will. probably going to oh, be yeah. seeing a it's lot still, more coming. It's still, so. it's still very, very important. Yeah. But I didn't want anyone to think that that meant that everyone in the oh. country can now have their pistol braces and so, not need, you know whatever. So this plays perfectly into what you you were just talking about with Caltech. Yeah. Like the, the courts and stuff, we're waiting for somebody to do it first, yeah. I think. Yep. And then, yep. like, once that domino falls, and it has, then, and it may have already, my other dominoes may have fallen, it felt, uh, fallen at this point. But, yep. yeah, just do your diligence out. Diligence out now, there, folks. Well, That's all I'm saying. Remember this also is don't get discouraged if you see the third circuit or another circuit court come in and, and take the ATF side. That doesn't mean anything bad. That's actually probably a good thing because if all the circuit courts go in locked arm and say, this is not a right, this is not right, you can't do this, well, we obviously like that. But it's okay also to have uh, dissenting opinions within the circuit courts. Why? Because that's going to give it a bigger chance to go to the Supreme Court if there are dissenting opinions among the circuit courts. And and I know this sounds crazy. It is a gamble. It is a roll of the dice. But I think that we would all feel fairly comfortable in this going to the Supreme Court with the way the makeup of the court is right now because if the Supreme Court comes out and says, eh, you've set precedent, and it's going to open a door for a lot more other things to get shot down. So what I'm telling you is, is if one of the other circuit courts come out and takes the ATF side on this, don't just jump in and say the sky is falling. We're done. No, 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 no. That actually could be a good thing because that could push the the the, the, the case quicker to the Supreme Court. I'm not saying the Supreme Court won't hear cases that all the other the lower courts 
agree on, but typically they like having dissenting opinions at the circuit court level. So now they have two sides that they say, okay, we are split. Now we're going to have to make a ruling. So don't get discouraged out there in the next week if you start hearing other courts taking the ATF side. It may not be a bad thing um, because that is going to put some pressure on the Supreme Court. And I think, like I said, I'm not guaranteeing it is a still it is still a gamble. But I think that all of us would probably the way the makeup of the the, the SCOTUS is right now will take our chances with this makeup of SCOTUS to make that decision than in years past. Uh, what do you guys think? I don't want to get too political on the pistol brace stuff, but we are a week away. Um, Chris, you've been keeping up with what you said all day. Um, kind of where do you sit? Um, are you encouraged or discouraged by things that have happened today? Yesterday I was starting to get a little nervous because I'm like, man, we're a week out. We're not, nobody's yeah. talking about it right now. And then Today kind of gave me a made it made it a little bit better when I seen that even though that and as far as I've been searching around, I think we're still where we were at this morning. It's only the people named in the lawsuit right now. Correct. But still I, think, I think I think probably tomorrow we're gonna start we're gonna start seeing things coming our way now. So yeah, I'm feeling a little more encouraged about it right now than yeah. I was. I I really honestly though I thought this was gonna get stomped down a month ago. I didn't think it was gonna go right to the deadline. I didn't either, honestly. I didn't either. I think what happened was uh honestly this is my opinion. I might be this is just hundred percent my opinion. Uh talking with some we'll call them legislators that are that are friends of mine about this. Um I think that the courts assumed that especially after the midterm elections that there would be congressional review i think they just assume that congress was going to take care of this in congressional review um that said i think congressional review would prefer it going to scotus makes sense because if 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 congress acts on this and goes through congressional review and says no this is not legal Great. It's great. But what happens two years from now? They could overturn that or whatever um, at that point. If it goes through SCOTUS, it's it's going to be much more difficult to overturn a SCOTUS decision. Very rarely does SCOTUS go back on rulings that they've made, especially if the makeups roll to the same. Um, so I, I think that that's probably one of the reasons why. Um I think that not saying SCOTUS, but I'm saying that the court system and in, 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 um, altogether, I think we're probably sitting there thinking, well, this is going to get through congressional review. We don't have to really rule on this. Um, but I think that the House was sitting there going, I think we'd rather let it go to SCOTUS because it's a stronger statement. Once again, it's a gamble. It's a gamble letting it go to SCOTUS because it could go the wrong way. And it's bad, but I think that the way the makeup of SCOTUS is right now, I think most people are a little more um, willing to take that gamble. Um, you never know. You never know. Clover and I were actually talking about this exact thing last night for a while on the phone. Um, very interesting. And, and we said the same thing. Both of us said the same last night. The next few days, the next week is going to be really interesting. 
It's going to be really interesting. So, yes, uh, make sure that you're keeping up with everything out there. Um, so let me let me ask a quick question to the panel. Do you think that what all those YouTubers did Friday when they signed signed that letter and sent it, do you think it had anything to do with what happened today? No? Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I just I thought I'd throw it out there. I don't either. I don't. I, I I don't I I it's gonna sound bad. We're all part of this. YouTubers give themselves way too much credit. Let's just be honest. YouTubers think that they're much more important than they really are. Um, that's the reality of it. I don't think that YouTubers are going to influence decisions in Congress or in a court system. Nope. Uh, let's be honest. Most of the people that are sitting on the benches at courts are old enough. They probably don't watch YouTube. So how would the hell they know? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just my opinion. I'm not saying that's the case. I just, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I think you're talking about uh, judges that have whichever way they fall politically. I don't care, but you're talking about judges that have dedicated their life to law and you're going to, and we're, and we're going to assume that YouTubers are going to have influence over judges that have dedicated their entire lives to the letter of law. I don't see it. That's just me. That that completely defeats the purpose of being a judge. If you can be influenced and swayed like that, you know, as a, as a justice, and I talk about this pretty regularly as a justice, people like to, and especially with the court we've got now, uh, SCOTUS anyway, people like to look at a justice and say, oh, they're liberal or oh, they're conservative. And no, 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 no. Justices are typically constitutional or presidential. Yep. 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 Not liberal or conservative. So once no. you start seeing justices in that, in that mindset and framework, everything starts to make a little more sense. Just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they they didn't, Chris. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in general, I try not to put too much weight into um, the way of the world with with social media influencers. We all. No, that, that was the reason I brought it up because Friday and Saturday there was a lot of back padding going on, you know. And I just I just thought I'd throw it out there and say, hey, let's let's just. Discuss it for a minute. You know, the, the people that are going to pat now, themselves in the back, and some of them are friends. Um, you know, let's just be honest. I, we know a lot of them. Uh, at least, I mean, people in, in this panel know a lot of those guys, and, and we consider them friends. Um, but there's a lot of people that will pat themselves on the back, but they're also the same ones that think that their value in life is dependent upon how many subscribers they have on YouTube. Yep. No, I agree. What it's worth. Well, there is there is value, right? So there's not turn around, yeah, to turn around and stick up for gun tubers, right? Like there's value in that just talking about it, and like we are here tonight, just talking about it allows people that may not understand or know to at least it be on their radar because that's a big problem right now with this pistol brace thing is how yep. many hun- tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have no clue this is even going on because they're unplugged. They got their jobs. They got their families. They got soccer practice and whatever, and they don't they're know. Neighbors, but they're not in the community. 
Right. You know. So if we don't have, you know, gun tubers, if we don't have social media pe- people and two A whatever that are talking about it, and that's less of a chance that they they see it because nobody in mainstream news or anything, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN, is going to come out and go, hey, the pistol brace thing is going on. You know, be sure you're paying attention. They don't care. They don't well, care. And- I'm going to piggyback off of both of you because I think you're both right. I think that, you know, we always don't have this pool that we think we do, but at the same time, Clover's right as well. And I hate saying that it irks me in my soul, but the influence that they have, you guys have on people to draw them in. And like Chris said, these guys are patting themselves on the back. Well, you know, if those guys are signing it, how many more people are going to sign a petition or a thing? And like, you said, Ghost, you may not have influence on the judge, but if tens of thousands of people who follow these guys are signing documents or petitions or whatever, that may have a a smidgen of influence, if that if that makes sense. Not to go well, it could potentially influence. It could potentially influence Congress, which would then. Have a, have a little bit of pool and influence with the justices. I think that's the way that it kind of would work itself up the chain. Maybe. No, I, 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 I don't disagree. I'm not saying that YouTubers influence are see. worthless. I'm not saying that. But I just I don't think the influencers signing a document on a Friday um, are going to have enough pool to have a circuit court judge make a ruling on Wednesday. I don't see that. I've never seen, and especially not micro-niched, and, and let's be fair, this right now with pistol braces is not even a firearm owner issue. It's a very small subset of a firearm owner issue, yeah. Yeah. right? So with the amount of people that is, that are not paying attention, um. You know, I question how much a any type of petition or anything in this situation is even going to be worth because you look at much more pressing issues, I think, as far as civil liberty and stuff that's gone on in the past um, Mm -hmm. and petitions that have been made. I mean, look at the border, for example, right, which could arguably be a worse scenario. That's depending on what you care about politically. We're not all one dimensional. Right. And not. yeah. And, and, you know, petitions don't do anything in those cases. So, like, why would we think all of a sudden it's massively effective here? Now, it could be massive. It could appear that it's massively affected because the whole idea of what the ATF done was flawed from day one in the beginning. Right. And so by doing this, it, it the judge would have done that anyway and so it it has that optic now that optic is good right because it gives everybody that good feeling like chris said to pat themselves on the back and if they feel like they're they're making a difference and doing good then maybe they will continue to try to make a difference and do good and there's a positive in that somewhere i think too well, I, I'm going to argue that I don't think it's a, a microcosm subset. I mean, we're talking anywhere between 60 to 100 million of these braces out there. That, alone. Doesn't, that doesn't equate I mean, to 60 to 100 million people, though. Yeah. You're not wrong. There's about a million, million and a close. Yeah, about a million to two million, they're saying, is what they're saying. Who knows? Still, it's it's still impo- no, I, I get I get it. But you're talking you're talking about. But if people have five of them, million you know I mean? gun owners, right? hundred million gun owners and a million pistol brace owners. So 1% of 
gun owners if you talk pure numbers. Correct. No, you're, so, you're absolutely right. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I might be completely wrong. By the way, yeah. we, we our, our new website is greatcrayons.com. Check it out. And you know That's what? Thing, by the way, it's a real thing. We did we buy got, greatcrayons.com. Go ahead. Sorry. We got way off on this instead of PCCs, and the PCC was actually a makeup live to begin with. So I'm just got saying. Way off, we got way just off. We're, we're still going to bring it back to PCC. It's adjacent. It definitely is adjacent. Yeah. It's adjacent yeah. because a lot of and it, it, this is actually what I, was going to be one of the questions that I asked in the PCCs. So let's, this is a great transition. Um, for the panel, all of us out there, and, and answer this out in, in, in the chat as well. When you hear the words PCCs, do you automatically go to like AR pistols chambered in nine millimeter or whatever, or do you think 16 inch barreled pistol caliber carbines? Because what most people that I know think little AR nine pistols, shorties, yeah, shorties, if you will, yes. What do you guys think? I go ahead, Chris. Say- oh, I'm sorry, I saw Chris's bop up first. Sorry, go ahead, go, go ahead, Chris. I okay. I'm the, except, I'm the exception to the rule because um, well, you shoot you shoot them. Yeah, in so I think 16 inch barrel, but I do agree with you. Everybody else thinks I don't think that's the exception, Chris. I think you're in the majority. I honestly do. You think so? Do you really? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Ginger, when I think PCC, I more think of what would technically be termed as a PDW, which would be those Absolutely. short. And and I guess it, that would you would consider that a subset of the PCC, but like when I think PCC, I'm thinking like MP5. Uh, I don't even see. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think MP5 when I think PCC. When I think MP5, I think subguns. Well, that there's a, now, there's I'll another subset. Caliber, but here's the thing: pistol caliber carbine. So does it need to be carbine length? I mean, this is part of the question. Does it need to be that 16-inch carbine length? Uh, I don't think so. Well, like, you're putting – here's the thing. You're putting – I understand that. You're projecting 16 inches onto the word carbine, and the word carbine I, just means I'm a shorter saying. version of the original. I understand. But yes. that's what I'm saying to you is, for me, when I hear PCC today, today, I think – a PDW. I think my five and a half inch AR nine. That's my truck gun. That's what I think of. But, um, but, here's but it's, the it's silly. Here's yeah, the problem. People have eight inch ARs in five five six. Absolutely. But they, that they also say well, is a PCC. Five and a half inch two three AR. I've five heard people. Inch. I've heard people say that. Oh, it's my PCC. Uh, it's five five six. How's it a PCC? Yep. Like, that's right. It's that's not a pistol right. caliber. So, mm-hmm. huh? I think what really happened was when companies in the last 10 years, companies would come out with their PCC being an AR9 or a, a, the Scorpion or whatever, and they'd come out with two versions of that PCC, one in 16-inch and one in a 10 and a half. So now they've kind of synonymously been combined together in this one right. big microcosm of yep. PCC yeah. where they may not be – where, where you think more of the short, shorter – PDW is really what it should be. And then you also thinking subguns. That's another subset right. of that all that's, fall under PCC. Absolutely. 100%. I think PCC encompasses all of those. Um, 
but yeah, but it's, it's interesting when people hear PCC, it's funny to think where they go. If you would have asked me five, six, seven years ago, when you hear PCC, I'm going with my Beretta CX4 Storm. That's where I'm going. Or I'm going MP5. Now it's my little shorty. Well, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it is interesting how people evolve problem. in their thinking. So the problem with calling a nine millimeter, uh, an AR nine, nine millimeter on the mm-hmm. AR platform, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say with a pistol brace. The okay. problem with calling that a PCC is it's got a pistol brace. It doesn't have a stock. Yep. So it's a pistol. It's not a PCC it's a because pistol. it's not a carbine. It's a pistol caliber carbine, not a pistol yeah, caliber it's a pistol. It's an AR pistol in nine millimeter. Right. Yeah. No, no. It's yeah. terminology. And, and that's the funny thing about PCCs is they are so popular. And let's be honest, PCCs in general, a pistol caliber AR style, whether it's a rifle or a pistol configuration, a, an AR style chambered in nine or a P, a, a, in pistol calibers um, are the thing. It's, it's It's what everybody wants right now. But if you if you actually polled a hundred people, it'd be really interesting to hear the, the answers of what when they hear PCC what it what it is. The answer is is I don't know, I, I don't know. It's here's all of it. All of it's all of what we talked about as a PCC. You know, here's a good example of this where where the the name of the main thing has become this. When RMRs came out, everybody asked, "I want a pistol with an RMR cut." Right. Mm-hmm. But you might be going, well, I want to piss it with an RMR cut, but I'm going to put a vortex on it. Well, that's right. a different cut. But yeah, everybody right. wanted yeah. RMR. RMR exactly. became synonymous. Yeah. RMR became, yeah, it became the generic cut. Same, but it's not. But it's it's not. not. Right. Yeah. Same thing with PCC. PCC has become this generic umbrella. Anything that's got a pistol caliber that's. And here's the thing about it also. Most people. Think AR style or AK style. They don't realize that you don't have to be. They I mean, there's a lot of things. Let me ask you this: lever, you got rifle, lever rifles, for example. I was going to say, yeah, would a lever rifle and 357 Magnum 100%. is that considered a yep. PCC? I 100%. think it would be. Hundred percent. You know, but that's just me. My argument against that is because you, when you think PCC, PCC is a semi-auto. Pistol caliber firearm. We'll just we'll say firearm to all encompass. Says who? Says who? But that's that's the generic thinking. It's just like RMR. That's, Same what, thing. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When yeah. you think lever gun, you that's you that's what I think. The first thing that comes to mind is you know 30, 30, 45 Colt and 357, 38. When I say mm-hmm. lever gun, I don't think you know. 45.72, well, 45.72, sorry. But you don't think of, like, when you say PCC... Maybe that's because you're young and you haven't been into them long enough, because I can guarantee you, when, I, when you tell me I've got a lever-action rifle, my first thought goes to 30.30 or probably 45.70. I would say, I don't know about the 40... I, I don't know what I'd go to in second. Well, probably 30.30. 100% my, first, my mind goes to 30.30 right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that most people 40 years and older probably would agree with when you hear lever action, 3030 is the first one you think of. 
but it depends on, you know, it depends on the times and stuff. You know what I mean? Like nobody would have ever even given really much like back in even the eighties and certainly before then, um, you know, nobody gave much thought to five, five, six, even talking about five, five, six, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it's virtually identical to two, two, three, everything was, was like that, civilian was world the, was all was military caliber. You like know? ARs weren't as popular, right? They weren't as prevalent. Yeah. And so, like, everything was 223 back then. And there wasn't a flood of surplus ammo for hitting the market either. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's it's got the same connotation as assault, as assault armor piercing. So you also have idiots out there saying that green zips are armor piercing. Yeah. Um, but it, assault, uh, the whole assault rifle thing would be a very similar analogy, right? Like, aesthetically, yeah. that looks like a PC, a PCC, even though it's a braced pistol, right? Sure. It looks like a PCC. So it looks similar, so let's call it a PCC. And it's the same thing as like, oh, well, that looks like a M16, so let's call mm-hmm. it an assault rifle. Like, no. Yeah. Technically, if you want to get down into the weeds on it, no. Well, also think of this. When, when you were when you guys were growing up, and I'm sorry to say you guys were growing up, but when you saw a Let's say a Colt uh, subgun. Okay, that was an SBR, or a, or it was a subgun, or it was something of that nature. Could have been With a pistol. The, yeah. Could, well, but pistols were, were were they as popular? They weren't as popular. The last ten years, back then, no. Those, no, but with the last ten years, no. Yeah. But in the last 10 years, they were we've seen called subguns back in the day. Yeah. Even if they weren't subguns, they were probably called as a subgun because yeah. there wasn't a classification for PCC, you know. But now you see, like, the popularity has grown. So that's, that that term has changed and moved. Right. And, I mean, somebody brought up the in the comments, you know, tissue. Everybody refers to a yeah. tissue. No matter what a brand it is, it's a Kleenex. Well, it's the same way when I grew up in Dallas, when I was growing up, everything was Coke. Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew. Hey, hey, can I get a Coke? Yeah, what do you want? You know, Uh, but everything back then was it's not a soda or pop or cola. It was, hey, can I get a large Coke? Yeah, what kind? Oh, I'll take a Mountain Dew. You know, but everyone's (laughs) exactly. It's it's what exactly what you're saying. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just gonna say Velcro is now hooking loops. Oh yeah, yeah. We had a well, we had a whole class in the Marine Corps on that. <laughs> well, a lot of that has to do with Velcro suing the crap out of people too. Probably so, Velcro has spent a lot of money on lawsuits. What I was going to say is, think about this: if you if you ask somebody what they drive, odds are if they drive a truck, they just give you the the name, don't they? <laughs> they go, oh, Ford, or I drive a Chevy, and like they stop and like. That's usually like say, I can drive a that, truck. Oh, what kind? You know? Yeah. 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 And they'll just say Ford um, or they'll say Chevy. They don't tell you it's a, you know, usually they don't say it's a 1500 this, that, yeah. and the other, and this engine. They usually don't go that deep. Yeah. You know, Gary says that PCCs have technically, we're not saying they haven't existed forever, but they weren't called PCCs, you know? Right. Silverado. The PCC hell? came around, you know what? The the 
post assault weapon ban, probably. It was absolutely after two thousand. Barely new. I've seen the last ten years. Honestly, this yeah. is beyond with you. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least being popular in the, as a term of PCC. It's probably it might have been out before, but the popularity of the term PCC um, really in the last ten years. Probably. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the term used many, many years ago. Pistol caliber carbine. I've heard that used many, many years ago. But taking that and and converting that to PCC and then broadening that term into so many different subsections, yep. like John was talking about, that's been yep. a fairly recent thing. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. And it's because of the prevalence of them. There's other than lever actions, you didn't really have a whole lot. I mean, you really didn't back in the you know. Let's yeah. just say pre ninety uh, four AWB. Yep. Um. Interesting segue that we're talking about when the term became popular in the last 10 years. And let's just say that PCCs have become incredibly popular in the last 10 years, right? Uh, always they were popular. They've been around for, but they become crazy. Like now every manufacturer's in the PCC game where 10, 15 years ago, there was a handful, right? So, um, Marcus has a great question, and we'll, we'll get to that one. Um, but I'll say this. I'm going to ask you guys this. This is for the panel and out there in the chat. Go ahead and, 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 and let us know what you guys think as well. What was, in your opinions, the reason for the rise in the last, let's say, 10 years uh, of the PCC craze? Is there something that happened? Is there Why do you think all of a sudden that the PCC craze has happened? Well, my thinking is this. You've got people coming out. The Glocks became popular. Then you had the 30-round mags, then you had that. But the other thing, you know, truck guns, concealed carry, being mm-hmm. able to carry a lot of ammo in what would be more accurate than the standard person could shoot a pistol is one of those reasons. But I think it really kind of took off because – the truck gun phase, I would say the same thing about 10 years ago where, you know, you got the sub 2000 came out and you got the storm and you got these foldable backpacking. Kind of, yeah. 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 So I, I think, think that's really what kind of helped. Yeah. I think cost of ammo and then also related to yes. that being able to share ammo also mm-hmm. lowers cost overall cost. I, I think for me, the biggest thing was, the nine millimeter getting down to, you know, it's sometimes eight, nine cents around at one point, right? Uh, very cheap to, to get. It was in abundance. Um, and I think people were looking for a way to get more out of that. Uh, what can we do to get that nine millimeter cartridge to be just a little bit more than what it's on the, on our Glock or whatever? Um, I hate to say it, but we got to give credit. To High Point. High Point kind of just one was a huge one. Yeah. Oh, cheap option. Right. Yeah. yeah. You had a, Been around had a, a long time. Yeah. And then had a gun that was under $300. One night. Uh, my, the first one I ever bought was $199. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, freaking amazing. What yeah. it is, it's what it is, but it is amazing. For what it is, it's amazing. Can't remember if I bought mine or won mine at this point. I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, I, I think that I think that I think there's a lot to be said about um, the nine millimeter. It is, but people are going to crap on the nine millimeter. I, I, you know, 
I don't agree with crapping on the 9mm, but I understand why people do. The 9mm um, changed the game in a lot of ways, and I think it, it was a big thing to do for PCC because I'll say this. I would be willing to bet if you were to ask a thousand random people, the vast majority of people would say, when you think of PCC, what caliber do you think? Would say nine millimeter. Now, uh, we know that 10 millimeter is great. 45, you know, Clover's got a 45. Um, there's some people out there. I know that G23 stupidly picked up a new 40 Smith and Wesson, uh, PCC. I'm just kidding. Um, well, you know, we're talking, we're, we're talking true. There's 22 considered a PCC. It's a pistol caliber, but no, I don't think so. I don't think it's if you get into rim fire. Right. So there's a whole argument is. Yeah, I don't. It's rim fire, though. I think you got to classify rim fire differently. But what I was going to say is I'll throw a, a real ranch into the mucky works because there's been a lot of talk about PCC and lever actions and, oh, is it really, you know, rah, rah, rah. I've got a Ruger 44 semi auto. Well, there's there's some new nine millimeter lever actions that are pretty badass too. Um, just saying. Yeah, they are. They're pretty cool. I'm just saying. Um, you know, but yeah, no, I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, it, it, it's just interesting. It's in, it's interesting to see, like you said, Clover. The last ten years is really kind of where the craze is. Yeah, uh, I know that you've had you you've picked up a couple. Uh, PCCs in the last month or two. You've got the new Anderson uh, nine millimeter, and you've got the XTAR forty five. Um, now I know that you've been shooting pistol caliber rifles or whatever for a long time, but I think that the Anderson AM nine was that was your first kind of uh, jump into the nine millimeter AR PCC. Mm-hmm. Absolutely game. was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. was, and I love that thing, man. It's freaking awesome. Um. Yeah. I mean, I've shot a bunch. Obviously, I've shot a ton of different ones, but, you know, as far as extended time with one, like you're not shooting the buddies or at range day or one at the gun shop or something like that. Uh, yeah, this Anderson is, is the first, my first with any kind of extended time. And, uh, holy man, it's, it's freaking cheap to shoot. I mean, not as cheap as it could be, not as cheap as it was back in my day, but, uh, dude, it it's like, years ago, but it's still pretty cheap now. God, it's like fun. There's no recoil to it. It's just, it's so freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, I know Chris shoots uh, PCC and um, USPSA. And the funny thing is, when I was shooting IDPA and USPSA, I remember this is probably about seven, eight years ago. Um, every now and then, I'm saying like maybe two or three matches a year, and they were mostly down in Texas or in Oklahoma, they would have uh, a little stage set up after the match was over that you could do a quick stage if you want to bring your uh, AR nines or whatever, it was just to kind of test it. Um, I remember those days where it was like people would almost were shunned if they brought their PCCs to a match to shoot the aftermatch um, little stage. That said, Chris, I want to bring you in. Um, I would say that there was, let's say there were 250 shooters in a match. There might've been five that showed up to that stage after to do it. Now, I, I mean, how many people are shooting PCCs now in USPSA that you, when you go to a match, is it still overwhelmingly pistol or is PCCs gotten uh, pretty big in it? No, I mean, if, if he took like the match that I'm going to shoot Saturday, I think there's 
60 people signed up, maybe five, six PCC shooters. So 10%. Um, Yeah, it's not, but it's funny when you sit and talk with guys, they're like, well, I'd really like to do that. Like, I'd like to shoot PCC, but it still gets shunned. But you're starting to see a lot more. I think, I think it, I think it's going to be the, it's still going to grow. Um, but it's, it's not quite there yet, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not as popular in the USPSA as people think, but you're starting to see like with shield manufacturing now making these roller delayed systems that go in the buffer tube and things like that. Now you're, uh, I got to shoot one of the Da Vinci's, uh, yeah. a few weeks ago and that. It, it's, it's like a 22. I mean, there's not that, you know, nine millimeter doesn't have a lot of recoil regardless, but now you've now with the roller delayed systems that they're putting in the buffer tubes. Now you're taking it even to another level now where you're Mm. now you're now it's like shooting a 1022 out of a, out of an AR nine. It's, yeah, you know, so yeah, I remember more seeing a lot of 22s. Oh, this is probably four years ago. I was doing some steel, uh, steel challenge matches and there's a lot of people shooting, um, 22s, AR, ARs, but 222 LR, um, in steel challenge. At least that's around here. I don't know if that, that's a thing or not. Uh, Kyle, I want to bring you in real quick and, and come put your Anderson hat on for a second. Um, there you go. Literally and figuratively, obviously. Um, when Anderson decided to put out the nine millimeter PCCs, you know, what was the process of, did you almost, were you almost forced to do it? Was the company almost forced to do that? Cause everyone else was in the PCC game or how did that decision come about? Um, no, not really forced. It was just, um, Kind of a part of our way to diversify our natural line evolution. Right now. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, John, being in the ammo game for the last several years, I know there's probably there is absolutely no way. But I want to just kind of get your opinion on this. Um, has the PCCs and, and let's just take nine millimeter. I'm just using it as an example. Has a PCC and nine millimeter has you think that has brought more people into shooting more because they may have more fun or it's more accurate, more easy to control using an AR platform uh, versus a handgun and nine has. Uh, do you think that has a lot to do with um, ammo sales or do you think that's bringing PCCs that brought people to firearms or what do you think about that? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you're looking at a generation right now, and we'll say the 21 to 20 or 18 to 26. Yeah. That generation that grew up playing a lot of video games, and a lot Mm -hmm. of those guns have become available. And a lot of them, specifically the sub and PCCs, and, you know, specifically with the nine mil, the amount, and this is kind of what also a few years back with the, the ammo shortage thing, there are so many guns in nine mil and especially with the ability to take Glock mags, you've got these, like when we do bundles between ammo and Glock mags, it's 
the same kind of thing where people are buying it because they've got a PCC and they're, and, you know, Clover brought it up, you know, the ability to share ammo, but now we have the ability to share mags, which is, wasn't really a thing for a lot of years. And then to kind of piggyback off of Kyle, you know, when I was at Faxon, we had to get a PCC gate in the game. I mean, we had all the parts, but there was, there were some growing pains when it came to that. Cause you, we put in, uh, an AR trigger into a PCC and the dang thing went full auto because they don't drop in triggers aren't rated for PCCs. Uh, the AR triggers yes, are AR, AR drop in triggers. Now, a lot of hyperfire and CMC and Geisley, they have now almost probably forcibly been to come out with PCC triggers. Um, and yeah, um, we're talking also kind of in that same line is AR pistols, PCCs versus full length. We're talking buffer, buffer springs, buffer tubes. You can't throw an AR buffer and buffer spring in an AR pistol. It's going to jack things up. You can't put an AR pistol spring into an AR. They're different, you know. A lot of these aftermarket parts and, and assembly parts are now having to be redesigned or designed from scratch because this was something, hey, you just can't go and put a nine millimeter barrel in your AR and it's just going to work. You know, a whole new market. Um, Anderson lowers. How many, and I don't know if there's any way to track it. I'm sure that you guys can, but like, how many. Nine millimeter AR lowers. Do y'all sell a year? Do you have any idea? That that's a tough one, Ghost. Um, believe me, the ATF probably has a pretty solid record on that. But yeah, uh, in your sales, but I mean, it, it's it's probably massive. Hell it's yeah, massive. How many AR Glock lowers Anderson sells throughout the year? It, it, it I, I think it blow our minds. I bet. Yeah, I don't know. You're probably right. It's it's crazy. PCCs. What reason why without question, John, is I think that PCCs, and I think you hit on a lot of it. Uh, video games. I think Call of Duty and all of these games where they're starting to see little shorties and all that, and they're and they're in the Call of Duty game designing their guns. I can get this in 16, or I can get this in a six inch barrel or five inch barrel, and they're designing their guns, and then they want to have that gun in real life. I think video games have put a lot of it on there. Um, that said, I think that the PCC has created a whole new subsection of our community. I think that PCCs have brought new gun owners to the game because, because I think there are people that see an AR, whether it's on video games or whatever, and say, that's pretty cool looking. But now they can find out they can get a little shorty in nine millimeter, which cheaper. It's not going to have as much recoil. They might be a little scared of the two, two, three, because they don't know. You, you get something with a 16 inch barrel versus something that's small. They think, oh, that looks, that looks easier to shoot. Probably not going to be as strong. I think PCCs have brought a lot of people to the gun community. Let's be in the last five, six years. Um, uh, that's just me. I don't know. Do you, do you think that it's brought people to the community? 
like brand new. Like how many people do you think are their first guns is a, is a PCC now? I think the number has grown a lot in the last several years. Well, you look at it there. The, not only that has brought it in, but like the innovation to run said clock yeah. mags and this. Sure. And I mean, you're looking at companies that are doing roller delay now. I mean, when we were at Faxon, we had to redesign our nine mil bolt carrier group to be, you got to do buffer. You brought up buffers and then you got weighted carriers and you've got this and you've got that and you've got, you know, now you've got guns out there that'll run like Matador. My good friends over there, they've got an upper that will run literally any PCC mag that's on the market. So it's it's weird that and yes, I do think to come back to the question is yes, I do think that it's brought a lot more people in because it's a lot less like you said, it's a lot less scary. You go to an indoor range and you you're next to the guy with the AR. You don't want to be next to the guy with the AR in five yeah. by six. But the guy with the nine mil, you hand them the nine mil and they're like, Well, this is scary because it looks like that one and then you have a shooter, it's like, Oh, this is nothing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I thought you were getting ready to push your microphone. Sorry. No, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, question out there. Can you put Beretta parts in a Gerson regard, though? Some. Clark has yes. a regard. Some. Yes, some. I would say that, yeah, I would say some. I, I don't know. I don't have a regard. Yeah, it depends on what you're what I would you're imagine that you could probably put some here. Yeah, grips, no. Barrel, no. Yeah, and, and the grip is interesting because I know that you said it's like a, you know. Yeah, technically you can <laughs> if you if you're a little bit handy and crafty. You yeah. Technically, you could with grips, but they don't just drop right on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, grip mags, you're fine. Uh, as far as I know, like safeties, mag releases, you know, a lot of your internals like that. Um, Springs, minor, maybe. Yeah, minor fitting, minor fitting at at worst. Yeah. But you've got to realize that the Beretta 92, uh, much like a 1911, is not a Glock. Like, you don't just grab random parts and throw them all together and they fit. Like, that's a. What is like a Glock? I don't know the number. There's like the 17 parts of a Glock. Or, I, mean, I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know. What yeah. there's, a, there's a specific yeah. number that every Glock has the same amount of number of parts. And you had to learn that when you go to a Glock armors course. And I haven't yeah. been to that. But like a Glock, you can take apart 20 Glocks all the same handgun of course take take apart 20 break them down completely put it all in a box shake it up put 20 back together and they all run and they all work and you don't have a problem putting them together uh 92s aren't that way so you know that's it's the nature of the the design more than it is a, a issue with Gerson or beretta yeah uh marcus says that he used to bring adult shooters new shooters out for the first time he used to bring 22 lr to start now he brings them nine millimeter pccs um yeah, I, I I think that now this is something that I've noticed. Uh, I was at the range last week, and um, there was a, a guy and his son and grandson, probably like 15 or 16, and had two or three friends with him. So there was like five or six of them all together, all like the teenagers you know, he had all sorts of, he, he brought, he brought a bunch of stuff. The first thing, every single one was, Hey, let's shoot the AR. Let's shoot the AR. Let's shoot the AR. It looks cool. Um, so yeah, once again, you know, you, when you say PCC, I think that the average person thinks an AR style rifle 
or pistol chambered in nine millimeter or a pistol caliber. The AR style looks cool. So I think that that is something that is going to bring people into it. Um, for sure. My nephews uh, were more drawn to the uh, cowboy stuff. So you're in East Texas though. Right? That's, 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 that's understood. No, that's no geographics, geographics matter, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, I think you go up North and, a person that's never shot a gun is going to love looking at ARs because they they might have ever seen one in person. In the South, everyone's got an AR at this point, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it goes. Uh, do you have something to say, Clove? I saw your microphone. Well, it's going to depend on whether you're talking rural or uh, uh, you know metropolitan or whatever. It can make a difference, too. This is true, too. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's valid that I don't know if it was who it was. Maybe John was talking about the rise of the truck gun. Um, forever, the, the, the truck gun or the vehicle gun was whatever handgun that you were probably carrying or a handgun or, or you know, a revolver at one point was probably your vehicle gun. Lever uh, action. If you were, if you were allowed to carry that in your state in, in, in high school where I lived in Plano, every kid that had a pickup either had a lever action and, or a shotgun in the back a window of their their pickup yep. and no one ever touched them like every because everyone had them uh today i'd be willing to bet i go to the same the same kids would probably carry ars in the back of their truck just one of those things who knows i don't know maybe i'm wrong about if it was that. safe to do that without getting windows bashed in nowadays yeah i'm just saying yeah, yeah. no yeah, one probably. thought of it no even thought twice i mean there was no problem like you know we had we had three thousand kids in in our school um and I'd be willing to bet that there was 500 cars at any given time in that parking lot that had firearms with their doors unlocked and windows are probably down and never had to worry about anything getting stolen because everyone had a shotgun or whatever or a lever action in the back of their pickup. I never uh, carried a I never carried a handgun uh, in the vehicle unless I was, you know, going over a buddy's house or you know some something going fishing on some property or you know I was doing something like that. Um, talking about high school, right? Like underage and driving, Yeah, uh, you know, and then it was always in a case or it was something like that. And it was like away from it. Not like it was in the passenger seat or anything. So I was very, I was very mindful of that because within arms reach law enforcement can get a little iffy with, uh, with minor around here. Anyway, they, they, they tend to not get too, they almost have to, don't that, but they, they would get a little iffy with not, that. Yeah. They may not want to get that way, but they, I, yeah, you know. I tell this. I tell this story. My my youngest daughter. So whenever she was able to drive, oh man, it was a godsend. And we talked about that privately. I think <laughs> one time, but with all the running and everything, with uh, with 4H and everything else. So quite often she would have like all of the 4H guns in her car. Of course, they yeah. were in cases and, and oh, ammo and change gear. Arms in bar at oh, we're talking like 20 guns total sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And all, like again, all in cases, and the, but the ammo was there, the range gear was there all in the trunk. Uh, and she did get pulled over one time. And, you know, um, they asked, you know, any weapons in the vehicle. And she's like, of course, she had her shirt on, the club shirt and everything else. And and once they, had, they handed her the ID, it was the county, and they they pretty much knew of the program and knew of me and sure. her and everything else anyway. But, uh, yeah, they didn't even pop the trunk. Like, 
you yeah. know, it's like just, I forgot what it was. It was a tail light or something, brake light, something stupid. And, you know, we'll get, you know, hey, get, get, dad, fixed, you know? get your dad to get this fixed, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, and, and be careful. If I, <laughs> that yeah. simple, you know, but you know, in what other state, in what other place could you, you know, could a minor run around with 20 I mean, guns and thousand rounds of ammo and yeah. Yeah. Like, nope. Where I live in rural Southern states, probably get away with a lot of places. Right. Uh, we're at an hour 45. I got one more question, uh, that I wanted to ask for this, um, before we start closing the doors. And this is a fun one uh, only because I think that this is where I think where a lot of the PCC craze, uh, and, and for this, I'm going to give a little context. Uh, PCC for this particular part of the discussion would be AR style. Uh, it doesn't matter what caliber, AR style PCCs, whether they're pistols or rifle length, it makes no difference. Um, but how much of, um, cause we were talking earlier about lever action that use pistol calibers and all of that, but how much of having the AR style being so modular with being able to add red dots, how much of that do you think played a part in the craze of the PCC where now I can shoot the nine millimeter cartridge that I like in this cool looking gun with the red dot on it. Now we're talking about being pretty accurate truck guns and all that. Uh, the modularity of the AR, did that have, and this is for anyone in the panel, uh, did the modularity in the, the, in the, in the, how do I put this, the popularity, if you will, of the AR platform, did, did that, was that a big reason for maybe the rise of the PCC? It had to. I, yeah, I agree, Clover. I, I think all the way. Um, 100%. I think the, I think the barrel lengths, you know, because you're, you're aided in accuracy with that. And then the, and then the platform, you're talking about a more two handed, a more stable mm-hmm. grip and presentation and form. And then, you know, accessories like you're talking about. And, and, and I'll, and I'll point to my, my last video drop with the Sterling ammo from, from global ordnance, right? I, I use two handguns, a striker fire, a hammer fire handgun, and the Anderson AM9. And mm-hmm. as far as group sizes at 25 yards with that ammo, hands down, bar none, absolutely whooped. The carbine whooped on those pistols. Like, it was oh, yeah. close. And it should yeah. be. It should be. It yeah. should. You, you've got the longer barrel. Yeah. Um, well, absolutely. I mean, that's what yeah. it's there for, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely a more accurate platform for many, many, many reasons. Yeah. And milder recoil. And, you know, if you have issues with your hands and holding things and whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. And to, to add to that lighter recoil, like you were saying, the modularity, you can break it down, put it in a backpack, you know? It's nothing to slap together or folding stocks are a big thing. Absolutely. Um, crap. It just left me. I had, a, I had a life changing question. That probably wouldn't want to want to want a Pulitzer prize. Had you said it, it would have for sure. Um, yeah, it would have changed. It would have changed the lives of, of, of 18 people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, at, at least. least, at least 18 people out there. But it's gone. I blame John. Well, oh, that's fine. You can blame me. 
But I do want to bring up, somebody mentioned a comment. Being the only one in this room who's probably fired the POF lever gun, uh, I enjoyed it a lot, that 9mm uh-huh. lever gun. Uh, are you, have you shot a Clover? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I love it. I don't I like know. It. You were trashing it at one time because of the throw. The um, throw, it but... was a hard throw, but they've made some changes to it. Somebody did bring up that they had some issues with theirs. Yeah. Um, is it, it worth getting used to? Is it worth the money? I don't know. I I honestly don't think I would spend that much on it, but I do love here's it. The, I, here's the thing: as far as design, as far as what it is, and capacity wise, in some states you don't have an option. This right. is true. You feel what I'm saying? If you want it, if you want to go that route, you're going to have to spend the money on it, like, or you're going to have to run for office or something. <laughs> And get the the stupid laws changed, right? I, I promise you, it's cheaper to buy the POF than it is to oh, run for I, to run for dog catcher. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like municipal dog catcher would cost more than that. Yeah, I think the sheriff here is you know push not quite, but pushing six figures to run for sheriff here. It's crazy. Oh, in our county, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, if you, I mean, those signs are what twenty five. Let's say twenty five, thirty bucks a piece. They're they're spending a shit ton on signs. They're spending a ton on stickers. They're spending a ton on yeah. I would I would say that a hundred thousand for a sheriff's race. Because uh, our Bill our county very similar here, Clover. I think our yeah. counties are probably similar in size. I think that's absolutely positive. Billboards and crappy, crappy billboards and crappy parts of the county here, and we're talking about a very low populated. I mean, our biggest city is you know fifteen, sixteen thousand people, so not a whole lot of going on, right? And the crappiest yeah. billboards are started like four hundred dollars a month. Yeah, the crappiest, and that's one side. That's not both sides. Tiger Woods out there says Ghost was going to solve two way. Now we'll never know exactly. <laughs> I promise you is profound. Whatever it was, was going to change the world, man. And it's gone and it might not ever come back. Well, I would say that Anderson should make a lever gun and nine mil. Uh, and we should come up with a name for that. Cause I, I used my good name on the shotgun. So not before the poverty pony, poverty pony for sure though. We got to have the double hammer, double barrel screw in chokes. Coach gun. That's the Pony Express. Pony Express. Oh, the that's Pony the, Express. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's you're right. That's the Pony Express. Yeah, the yeah. Pony Express, and then you got man, John. We'll do it. We'll do it. The horseback hero. I was gonna say something like mule kick or oh something something with well, the lever, but it's a pony. I can't want to do that. But something about cavalry, maybe use cavalry in there somehow. Oh, there you go. The Anderson. The Anderson Schofield Cavalry Carbine. Oh my god, that's not that's not complicated. That's the I worst game like of anything ever. He goes from best to worst. We'll call it ask. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not going yeah, to lie, bro. The Pony Express is one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard ever. I and wasted my good idea. Word and acronym. I mean, come on, man. You're killing me. Just ask. Ask. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like someone's got stuttering problems. (laughs) Just ask. (laughs) See, it sounds like a horse galloping right there. Oh. Call it the gallop. Yeah. 
That's bad. That's Anderson bad. Gallup. Oh. Oh. The Prance. The Prancer. Prance. <laughs> the Prancer. That would be the that would be the Christmas Prancer. edition. The Christmas edition Saracote could be the Prancer. <laughs> the Prancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, put out, put out, put out, the, put out uh, all the. Wants to know some broke back questions. He says, "Does Phoenix have horseback riding?" I think Josh uh, is horseback riding. No, not that I know. Probably, I, I don't know. I know that there's wild horses out there. You are more than welcome to try to ride them, but they might not like that wow. that much. Went through the desert on a horse with no name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like wild horses. They keep dragging me away. They keep dragging me away. Yep. Yeah. Mm, yep. Kyle, Kyle, if you do the prancer for December, for January, you should do a picture of Clover crip walking and call it the dancer. Just. We're going to no, find no, a place no, to crip walk. Right I guarantee you on the show floor, three inch thick carpet, you can't do it. Good. Yeah. That was horrible. Yeah. All right, we got five minutes. We got four minutes left. That's enough to get everyone's plug in. Uh, Kyle, uh, like I said, you guys are doing some awesome things at Anderson. Uh, there's some exciting things coming down the line. Uh, you got the Cerakote of the Month project. You've got the Kiger Nine that's out there. Uh, you've got man, you've got the bolt action is coming. Uh, the PCCs are out. The 308s are out. Uh, you've got some things coming out relatively soon like, there's a whole lot of stuff going on anderson uh gotta be an exciting time to work there because all the ideas and everything's going around i'll give you a few minutes you've got the floor kind of uh tell people about anderson and where they can find you out on social media uh yeah i'll start with that you can find everything um that we talked about tonight andersonmanufacturing.com um like you said we got some big things in the pipeline um mm-hmm. out further you got the bolt action the serbat and then up on the horizon, we got the dissipator, the AM15 dissipator. Uh, and that's coming soon, very beginning of June sometime. We don't have a date nailed down, but they're ready for production. Let uh, me know when that date happens because, uh, man, there's a lot of people that are probably going to want that. Yeah, you'll be one of the first. Uh, and then um, on the near horizon, we have Memorial Day coming up. Um, right now we're doing a special engraved Memorial Day lower. Uh, saw that. That's with the uh, you're giving what twenty percent, or you're giving a percentage away to the Veterans Club. Is that right? Yep, Veterans Club Inc. gets twenty percent of all profits made off that lower. Um, so if you guys do get a chance, go visit AndersonManufacturing.com. Just pick one up. You can always have a lower in the safe for a rainy day. It's always fun to build or get started on your first build. Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you guys are all over social media, just Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, just search Anderson manufacturing and you're going to find them. Um, absolutely. And and you might, if you go to their YouTube pages and watch some videos, you might see that pretty face in some, some (laughs) videos. So, Hey, and on our YouTube, you get a sneak peek at next month's air code of the month. So, uh, yeah, that project, I guess, is doing really well for you guys. Are you happy with the results of the Cerakote of the Month? Yeah, I mean, it's a popular trend right now that people still love the black rifle. Don't get me wrong, but sure. um, 
if there's anything like you and me goes, going to be a little different. So it gives you that little extra touch of stuff forever. And that's just, it's what it is. I do have to figure out something. Uh, what? <laughs> what do you say, John? I'm pointing for Rob because he asked if I got my patches. I'm pointing at the wall for him. Oh, he got your patches. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so Rod, Rod sent you some patches. Is it the, uh, the Bob patches, the, the, the Aegis patch? It's a pretty sweet patch, isn't it? Yeah, they're right here. Yeah, like we can see you that. You can't see shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marcus wants to know what calibers are the Anderson bolt action going to be available in? Uh, initial, initial launch, we're going to go 308 and 65 Creedmoor. There you go. Um, yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming on, bro. As always, love having you on. Yeah, have you, have you guys noticed? Um, he actually stepped up and actually talked a little bit tonight. Uh, we've been trying to get Kyle out of his shell for months now. Uh, <laughs> so it's nice. I want you guys to give some next week, you know, um, I need for y'all to give Kyle some encouragement to, uh, to talk a little bit more. Kyle's funny as hell. He just doesn't talk a whole lot. We need to talk, we, he'll need talk your head off in private, but yeah, I understand that, but I'm talking about on the show. We need him, you yeah. know, we need, we need, he needs some encouragement. He, he, he has low self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even say that without laughing. <laughs> uh, things are coming on brother. Thank uh, you. for Columbus. Um, Thank- what's going on with you? Are you off? Uh, so you still kind of taking some time? Yeah, I got a, I got a little off my game today with everything going on. So I, I really don't know right now if we're still having the Wednesday night live chat tomorrow night. We might take a week off. Um, yeah. Reschedule it. I'm, I'm still waiting to hear back from the guests we had scheduled for tomorrow night. So it's kind of up in the air right now. But thanks for the invite and. uh we actually got the PCC talking a little we bit. We did. We did. You know? It was great. So, yeah. no, I had a lot of fun tonight. Side chat was great. And, uh, yeah. Always appreciate you all for having me come on. You're on the list, bro. You're welcome any single time. And I love having you guys on. Uh, I don't put people on the, the automatic list unless I, I enjoy being around you. So, um, you're a good person. I appreciate you. I appreciate how, uh, more than anything else, I respect and appreciate how hard you work. I've seen you work in person at these shows, and um, I respect that and appreciate that the, 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 the dedication. And, and, and Clover had talked about this this morning with G. They were talking a little bit about burnout. And Clover made a great point, and he said, you need to at least recognize burnout before burnout happens. Uh, burnout is a thing. Uh, when you're, when you're, when you, when you work hard and you try to do the best that you can, burnout is a real thing. So, um, I got burned out in the beginning of the year. If you guys don't remember, I took about a month, month and a half off after shot because I knew that I was going to get burned out, especially knowing what was getting ready to happen after shot. I had to get my mind ready for all the craziness and all that. Um, but burnout is. Burnout is a, a, a real thing, so uh, don't ever feel bad about taking some time off if you've got to take time off for you, you know? Uh, Mike says, that's an insult. I thought we were cool. I insult people all the time. I have no idea what I said to insult you, but it sounds about right. Um, I'll, I'll take that. I have no idea. 
Uh, I don't apologize for insulting people, especially when I don't know what I said to insult them, because here's the thing. No matter what we say, we're going to insult somebody. So if you spend your whole life apologizing for insulting someone, uh, that's going to turn into your life. So uh, last question. That's good. I, I, I was going to ask this one, Marcus. Uh, Foxtrot Mike or Angstat? Uh, my personal favorite is Foxtrot Mike. That's my truck gun. I've got a Foxtrot uh, FM9 5-inch, five 5.5, whatever it is. Um, freaking love it. Uh, I, I am a... I am a converted Foxtrot Mike fan. I really do enjoy the Fox, what they're doing over there. So, any of you guys have any preference? Anderson, AM9. Alpha Mike. Well, okay. So, that wasn't the question, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept those answers. Uh, I'll accept those answers. Out of those, out of those two. Yeah. I, I would probably say Foxtrot Mike as well, but. AM9. I, I, I understand. I understand. Um, so, yeah. Look All into right. it. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ginger Bastard. Uh, What's up? It's coming up close. Coming up close on the event, is it not? It's over. Oh, is it? This, I thought it was, it was last weekend. weekend. For some reason, I thought it was Memorial Day weekend. I don't know why yeah. I thought that. No, it was last weekend. It went real well. How did it go? Was it good? Uh, from what everybody has told me, it went really well. They raised a lot of money. I haven't gotten the final quote on how much they raised, but like I said, uh, there's going to be another event coming up in June or July. I have to get the actual dates, but as soon as I get it, I will start pimping that. Um, sure. I'm going to start a new marketing campaign, though. It's going to be called Hashtag, hashtag Pony Express 2024. Um that's going to be my new marketing campaign. We're going to start a I'm grassroots, grassroots marketing thing because he didn't announce the launch date of that yet. So uh, Pony Express, Anderson Pony Express 2024, uh, make sure you tag and hashtag Anderson every day for the next six months, specifically tag Kyle, and yep. uh, we will make this happen. We will we, make the double barrel shotgun great again uh, with the Anderson Pony Express. Thank you. We, we also need to get all the YouTubers to sign a petition. Just saying. It's yeah. a movement, baby. Now, John, do you approve <laughs> this message? Before we, we start putting the hashtag, do you approve this message? Uh, this is John, the soulless ginger bastard, and I approve this message. Fantastic. Hashtag Pony Express 2024. That's it. That's it. That's it. Every every um, post on Instagram from here on out has to have uh, a hashtag. You have to even if it's about Madonna or baseball, hashtag Pony Express 2024. You're like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> make sure to email Kyle at Kyle at PonyExpress.com. That yeah. may not be a real email address. Okay. So this might be something you don't want to know what that that website is. I'm just saying. I don't know, but that sounds like a website that could be interesting. Just that's my, that's my only fans. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, Clove. Did he say his pony fans? Is that what he said? His pony fans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ponyfans.com. Oh, y'all need to seriously. Y'all need to go. If you don't, I'm going to buy it and then I'll sell it to you. But 
ponyfans.com needs to be some sort of social media thing for your for your Anderson fans. Oh, Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Ponyfans.com. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. I'm, I might go buy that and sell it to you. I'll sell it to you for about five grand if you want. You could actually go Pony Fans too. Work. <laughs> I might mess around with that graphic. It'd be Only Fans with a P. And, oh, that would be Only Fans with a P. We're just starting to see some weird ass shit coming from Kyle's Instagram tomorrow with Ponyfans.com. <laughs> <laughs> Ponyfans forward slash hashtag Pony Express 2024. <laughs> Um, seriously, start using hashtag Pony Express 2024. <laughs> I'm going to start following that hashtag, and that could be clap. There could be some beautiful things with using that hashtag. I'm going to start following on that, that hashtag. We're going to so, make this yeah, a- everything I that's going to go as part of my boilerplate. Uh, hashtag Pony Express 2024 in everything that I do from now on. Uh, I'm going to start a grassroots movement to on top of this. Every post on Anderson's page, hashtag Pony <laughs> Every yeah. post. If you don't do it, you're soulless, like me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and go flood Anderson's Facebook page, begging for the Pony Express. Hashtag, no, no, Rod, it's hashtag Pony Express 2024. Hashtag Pony Express 2024. Um, and we are going to we're going to get this going. We're going to get this going, Kyle. Or pound sign Pony Express. <laughs> you might get fired because of this, but we're going to have fun with it. Yeah, it's gonna... <laughs> oh man, this going to be hard. He's going to call me Monday and just be like, "What the hell? <laughs> it's happening. I can't escape it." I've got. He'll be asking me, "What the hell is a Pony Express?" Well, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, all right, Clove. Uh, you got anything going? Now that you got the the podcast is well, over until this fall, what else are you gonna be doing? I know, right? Well, you know, since we talked PCCs, um, the XTAR EP45 did drop earlier today. So now that we're closing this one out, uh, jump over there, check that out because uh, I didn't really talk about it that much. And that's too early. You know, it's it's fun. I think is what I said. It's too early to you know, really say a whole lot about it. However, Friday, um, video dropped with the, uh, with the Anderson AM nine and I have got enough time on it to say it's freaking awesome. So check out that video too. Uh, and then, yeah, other than that, we've got, uh, the ghost and clover that went down Sunday night, which was even remember what it was. I don't even remember a favorite eighties so, favorite, favorite movie of all time. Movie and bipod, monopod and tripod tripod. And then the, um, we made fun of mandatory carry basically. You made fun of mandatory yeah. carry. That was, <laughs> that was the viewer pick topic was make fun for 10 minutes of mandatory carry. So we did. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, check that out area of the week, I suppose. And, uh, that's all I got. All right, I'm going to type it out there for you guys. Is some of you must be hard Coast Guard guys. I get it. You're not very smart. You're, you're dumber than us. So, hashtag Pony Express 2024. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, hashtag Kyle sent us. That'd be a great one to post on every interesting oh, Kyle sent us. Hashtag Kyle Kyle's Kyle Pony fans. Pony fans. <laughs> All right. 
Fuck it. Uh, for me, I got nothing. We got a lot of stuff coming down. Uh, being on the lookout in the next couple of weeks, some really exciting stuff going to be coming down the line. Uh, I will say this. This weekend is Memorial Day. And, yes, I know you guys are used to it, but I, I give the same damn speech every year, and it's important to me to give a speech. Uh, Memorial Day is not a day to go thank veterans for their service. Please don't do that. We have our own day. Memorial Day is to remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice to ensure our way of life in America. I want you to go out there. I want you to go to the lake. I want you to cook out. I want you to have fun with your family and friends. I want you to go out and do something and because that's what that's what our heroes died for is to give you the right to do that. All I ask is while you're doing those things and you're having a, 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 a Diet Coke or whatever your beverage of choice is, Throw a little cheers up there to everyone that did sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice to ensure our way of life. Um, this is not a veterans thing. This is something that um, we're standing on the blood of heroes. And this is a day and a weekend to remember that. Have fun. They, they don't want you to be sad because it's Memorial Day. Have fun. Enjoy everything in your life. Just remember why we have it. So thank you so much for watching. Same much for listening to this in podcast form. Once again, utilize the comment section below if you're watching a replay or listening to podcasts. Thank you to the chat out there. It's wonderful side chat out there. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, guys, have a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next week. Simplify. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Armed Citizen Podcast. If you're interested in all of our videos, reviews, and other podcasts we're a part of, check out our website, ghosttactical.us. You can also find our swag shop, our gear report tab, and all of our promo and discount codes in our blog section. We'd like to thank everyone on Patreon and our YouTube members for supporting all of our projects. You guys keep the lights on and keep us going from day to day. Make sure you get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Take someone new to the range and make them an ally instead of an enemy. Until next time, Simplify.